Welcome to the Light on Being podcast. I am the host, Claire Zavko. The Light on Being podcast is dedicated to growth and transformation through conscious talks and conversation. It is time to remember our value, step into our wholeness, and live life fully. Join me monthly on every full moon for practical techniques, radical insight, and conversations with entrepreneurs, teachers, healers, and spiritual leaders. I'm excited. Let's get started. Welcome. I'm here in Peru, in the Sacred Valley. It is spring break at the university. So I intentionally took a break from all of the doing of life to come here and be to spend some time in the Andes Mountains and spend some time in nature, with the plants, with the animals, with the flowers, and with a lot of space and a lot of silence. So welcome, welcome back. Let's start with a mindful minute so we can come into this moment. So wherever you're at, simply get settled into your seat. As long as you're not driving, Close your eyes and just settle in. And feel your feet in connection with the floor, noticing all four corners of your floor, and the foot touching the floor. Notice your legs beneath you, and whatever you're seated on, and what it feels like. Is it hard? Is it soft? Is it cold? Is it warm? Allow the spine to be long. Notice any chair back behind you, what it feels like. And soften your shoulders, soften the face. Take a deep breath in. Deep breath out. Two more conscious breaths on your own. Allow your awareness to expand. Notice the sounds of wherever you are. Notice the sounds close to you. The furthest away sound. Notice any smell, any scent. Even though your eyes may be closed, notice what you can see. And take your tongue, swipe it across the front of your teeth. Notice if you can taste anything. And lastly, notice what you can feel, particularly in your heart. Allow the heart to soften. Notice any sensation in the heart. Notice the presence of any one, any other beings, any animals around you. Notice the presence of any light. And when you're ready, open your eyes, come back into the space. So here we are at a powerful time of year that the spring equinox falls on the same day as the full moon. So we know that full moons are powerful. There's a lot of energy being reflected back at the earth. And also equinoxes are powerful as they are a time when in most of the world, day and night are of equal duration where there's balance 
between day and night. And the, the equinox, the spring equinox marks the first day of spring. So this is a great time of new beginnings, of new growth, of new life. And it serendipitously isn't by accident that the first episode is happening at this time of the podcast as well. So this is a perfect segue into today's episode, which is about being and doing and the difference and the distinction, yet the complementary relationship. So I'll start with a story. I'm back in high school and for a long time I had played basketball. And when I was playing basketball, I played this position called shooting guard. And for those unfamiliar with the sport of basketball, um, one position is called point guard and another position is called shooting guard. So the point guard is the person that brings the ball up the floor. And the shooting guard is often the first person that the point guard is, is going to pass to. So the point guard is seen as a floor leader and has a good presence and watches everything as it unfolds. And then the shooting guard is ready to start what's next, to maybe shoot themselves or maybe start the offense. So you kind of go through the shooting guard. And the point guard and the shooting guard have a close relationship. And I did with one of the um, people that I played with. And she was my dear friend. Her name was January. And we played together throughout junior high and high school and many select tournaments. And we played hundreds of basketball games together over the years. And there was something that she said to me that was very profound. And at the time, I didn't realize the states of consciousness behind it. Um, but I want to share it with you. And what she would say to me was she would say, Claire, and she'd look at me and she'd actually take her pointer finger and tap it on my heart. And she would say, don't think, just feel. Don't think, just feel. And in sports, there's this concept called being on fire. And it, it may apply to other aspects of life as well. And what it means in sports is there's these times when athletes are playing their sport and they're really just on fire, that every single thing they're doing is is in the flow. They're, for, if When I experienced it and as the shooting guard, it would be the day that I just couldn't miss, that it didn't matter where I was shooting from and who was guarding me and it didn't matter. Everything I threw up was going to go in. And those days would be quote-unquote on fire and they were rare but when they were happen when they happened they were an incredibly beautiful thing and then there were other days that an athlete experienced or I would experience where you know things weren't going well and it almost seemed like nothing was working no shots were going in many errors were being made and and it was a challenge and you know now in hindsight looking back at those two different experiences the experience of the challenge was I was in my head. I was in thought. I was in doing. I was in a lot of trying. I was trying to make the shot. I was trying to make it work. And on those days, it, it wasn't working. And then on those other days when I was experiencing being on fire, there was an absence of thought. I actually wasn't thinking. And I was simply being the person that I had trained myself to be through hours and hours and hours in the gym and thousands and thousands and thousands of shots and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games. And I was simply letting myself be the, the, the basketball player that, that I had practiced to be. 
And that's what January was getting at when she was stating that to me. So maybe if in a game we were playing and I started out where things just weren't kind of right, she'd catch me right away. And she'd say, Claire, don't think, just feel. And really behind that was the state of consciousness that she was essentially saying, stop trying to do it all and instead be. You know how to do this. You've done this. Let yourself, allow yourself, do this. So in the the game itself, there was a doing that was necessary. I had to actually move. I had to catch the ball. I had to shoot the ball. I had to pass the ball, etc. I had to do these things. But the underlying state of consciousness behind it, when I became more aware and when she'd call me out and say this, was I would shift to more of a state of being. And the state of being being an absence of thought. And in the absence of thought was rhythm, freedom, ease, and a high state of being effective at what I was doing. So I'll never forget that. Don't think, just feel. So if we look at these two aspects of life, doing and being, let's look at what they really are. That the doing is the roles we play. It is the mother, the father, the teacher, the lawyer, the yogi, the nurse, you know, all the roles we play, all the coats that we put on when we leave the house. It's all the movements of life. And the thing is, we've been conditioned that we are these things and that these things define us. And, you know, I remember experiencing that. And when I was playing basketball and through college, that that's really the only way I saw myself. I saw myself as a basketball player. So if I answered the statement, I am, the thing I would say at that time was, I am a basketball player. Whereas now, it's more important to look at the state of being. The state of being, being the way I'm showing up to those things I'm doing, the way I'm showing up to the coats I'm wearing, the way I'm showing up to the roles that I'm playing. So if I was asked that same question now, my answers are going to be more along the lines of, I am open, I am loving, I am passionate. Those types of answers that are qualities more over the states. And so being has nothing to do with what we're doing. Yet, it's the underlying foundation of it. But we get to decide in every moment, when we show up to every moment, when we show up to our relationship, when we show up to work, when we show up to a conversation with the stranger, we get to decide and we can consciously decide how am I going to show up to that moment? And that's the beingness. And that beingness is actually silence. It doesn't take anything. It's simply, it's simply a choice. It's really how our presence is showing up. It's as my teacher says, as Anand says, it's the isness of isness. There's really no words to explain it, but it's what is behind everything the silence, the stillness. And the thing about our beingness is that others can viscerally feel it. And they can feel it consciously or even subconsciously, but people feel how we show up. And it's our being that is 
really propelling all the doing and all the action we're doing in life. So I remember one time I heard Deepak Chopra say so eloquently that we're not human beings. No, I misquoted that. We're not human doings. We are human beings. And how true is that? We are not human doings. We are human beings. So that is our challenge. That is our invitation that in whatever it is we end up doing, can we be the being first? Can we let our beingness lead? You know, and, and sometimes from our society and the conditioning, it's easy to fall into the trap of needing to do more. And that if I do more, I'm going to have value. But that, that's a trap because really behind that, what's happening is the state of consciousness we're in when we think we need to do more to have value, to be validated, to be loved. What we're doing is we're actually avoiding the inner experience of how we're being in that moment. And in that moment, we're actually not feeling in our wholeness. So we want to avoid that. So we want to do more. We just want to work more. We want to study more. We want to keep in the movement. We want to keep in the action. We don't want to stop. And what we're doing is avoidance there. And so the, the important part as we start to look at these distinctions is that there's nothing wrong with doing. There's nothing wrong with being. These are two aspects. And the real work is can we honor both aspects of them within ourself? And really the foundation of our doing is our being. So again, how do we show up to each moment? And how can we balance these two aspects of ourself, being and doing? That one is not any more important than the other. That these are complementary aspects of ourself. So let's take a moment to um, have a check-in. So if you have a piece of paper nearby, grab it. Otherwise, you can just do this exercise mentally. But write on the piece of paper, if you have one, the statement, I am. Put I am five times. And then without much thought, just rapid fire, finish that statement five times. Five words. What comes out? I am blank. I am blank. I am blank. Take a moment, fill that out. Five sentences, I am. And now take a moment and look at what, what came up for you. And notice how many of those statements reflect things you do. And notice how many of those statements reflect being. You know, if I would have done this exercise back in college, I would have said such things as I'm a basketball player, I'm a student, I'm a tutor, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, all those types of things. All those things are doing. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. That's where I was at, the state of consciousness I was at. Yeah, I was out of balance. That really what I was doing there was I was honoring the doing, which behind that is masculine energy. So I was honoring all the masculine energy within. And I was identified with all the masculine energy within. And during that time, I achieved a lot by paper and I had a lot of um, worldly success. Yet internally, I was not showing up 
in my most fullest expression. So it was through, you know, the yoga practices and the yoga journey and all the inner work that I started to experience and see for the first time and start to understand this concept of being. And I noticed or I remember one of the first times when I was in India and I was in my 300-hour training with Anand. And one afternoon, midway through the training, he said to us, okay, you know, there's nothing for the rest of the day. Just simply be. Just take the afternoon and be. And I honestly didn't know what he meant by that. And it was very hard. So he, he lets us go. We leave the room. And he says, you know, in silence, don't talk to anyone. So it was just, I remember going outside and I was really like, like just not knowing what to do because that's, that's all I knew how to do was to do things. So what I wanted to do in that moment was I wanted to like read a book. I wanted to journal. I wanted to do some yoga. I wanted to go for a hike. I wanted to just like do all this stuff. Um, but it took me a while and I had to like watch that. I got to watch that and like scale it back. And eventually, after a few hours, I realized the being where I got to stop and I got to let go of all those to-do lists. I got to let go of all those things where I was striving. I got to let go of all the wanting to do more. And I got to just like stop and sit. And in that moment, I remember where I was seated and I remember just like looking out and seeing the river flowing naturally, easily, effortlessly right in front of me. And I remember hearing the birds and I remember smelling the grass that I was seated on and feeling the grass that I was seated on. And I remember feeling in that moment so connected to the whole yet yet also feeling that I was an individual, but feeling that I was part of something way larger and part of something beyond thought. And that was probably the the first time I really experienced being like as a visceral experience. Um, And since that moment, you know, it's been so powerful for me that now if I answered that question again, that I'm going to say more of those qualities of being, that I, I no longer actually am concerned about the things that I do. And I um, see them as roles, just simply as roles that I play. And, um, you know, those roles that I play and the roles that you play and the roles we all play come and go. You know, they come and go. We're going to play a role as a teacher for a while. We're going to play a role as a parent maybe for some time. We're going to play a role as a, a spouse, as a partner for a certain amount of time. And those things all come and go. But behind that is, again, the being. And that that doesn't have to come and go. And the being can be our conscious choices of the highest way we want to show up. You know, so we get to ask ourselves that question. How do I want to show up to this moment? How do I want to show up to my life so that I can be in the fullest expression that I'm here to be? So just take a moment to ask yourself that, you know, how do I show up? How do I seek to show up? How can I choose to show up more from that place of being that is authentic to me?
And one thing that um, I've experienced a lot going to different networking events and when one's in an environment where we get to meet strangers and there's that question that comes up right off the bat that says, you know, someone will come up to you and say, what do you do? Like, that's the first question. Hi, what do you do? And it's such an interesting question. I always kind of found it strange and I always actually felt really uncomfortable answering it because I never felt that I was the things that I do, you know, because that type of question, what's really behind that, the underlying thought is that, that we can somehow gauge the person that we're meeting by whatever it says, whatever they say that they do. Um, but, but this is really a trap because really in any interaction, what we're seeking is connection points. So that's where if someone comes up and says, oh, what do you do? And then I respond, I'm a lawyer. And then their response is, oh, my sister's a lawyer. My father's a lawyer, this or that. So I know this lawyer. They say something like that. But really what happened there was that person, and as humans, what we're seeking is connection points. So really we wanted a way to connect. And it's a trap when we try to connect through what we do because that is the effect. That's the effect of our inner state. But our inner state... Those inner qualities are going to be actually easier connection points with people because these are aspects of the human experience. So if in these conversations we can shift and instead just connect as human beings, like how are you today? How's this moment for you? What's going on? What, what, what is going on for you today? You know, how are you feeling what brings you joy? What's your highlight of the day? What's, what's a challenge for you in this moment? Those types of questions. There's when we can start to connect on the level of being. We can start to connect as human beings and start to cultivate deeper relationships and more of those connection points, which is what we truly seek. So I was reading a book recently called Walking on the wind. And I want to share a passage from the book that really talked about this relationship in in another way, but I thought it summed it up very eloquently. So here's from, from this book, Walking on the Wind. So things that need to happen have a way of happening, regardless of how we think they should happen, regardless of how we think they should be, regardless of what we expect. Therefore, our greatest responsibility sometimes is to let things unfold naturally and make choices as we go rather than forcing things to happen. That is not to say to do nothing, but rather do things wisely, all in good time, in awareness, with consciousness. And understanding the flow of life allows us to let go of expectations, accept the limitations over which we have no control, and just really move with the flow of life. And this way we can focus on making intuitively informed choices about where our path is taking us and learn from the beauty of life. This, in this manner, we can allow our own spirit to flourish like a small wildflower opening its petals to the bright orange morning sunlight. Expect nothing and appreciate the value of everything. This is the lesson of being of being in the moment, who we are in our fullness. 
So may we remember this distinction of doing and being and that both aspects are important. It's not that we're going to be and never do anything, but we we need to do in this human experience and in this world, we have tasks, we have um, jobs, we have families, we have things we're, we're meant to do here on earth. But may we remember and let our beingness take the forefront of that. And when we start to consciously create that harmony and create that union between being, our feminine energy, and our doing, our masculine energy, and we start to create that balance of the two and honor both aspects fully, we're going to feel. We're going to feel that inner peace. We're going to feel that inner stillness. So as we move through the world, our, our most internal part of us is still, and we're connected to that part, and we're aware of that part. So that is our opportunity, our opportunity to practice in every single moment. And one of my favorite practical tips on um, how to do this, you know, how to actually be and do in any given moment is very simple. And it can be a meditation. It can be a mantra. It can also be just an affirmation. It can be something you keep going back to as a tether. And it's simply here now. So if you use it as a meditation, you can close your eyes, come into a comfortable seat. And when you inhale, you silently say the word here. And when you exhale, you silently say the word now. And with each breath cycle, again, inhale now. Oops. Inhale here. Exhale now. Inhale here. Exhale now. So that's one simple technique meditation that I like to use. Also, you can use it as you're walking throughout your day. When you're walking, you know how often we're walking from our home to our car. We're walking from our car to our place of work. We're going from one moment, those transition moments in life. We can just use those words, that mantra. Mantra is a heart expansion tool. So we can use this tool to expand our heart in the moment by simply as we're walking internally in our mind, repeating here, now, here, now, here, now. Or even in a moment, if we're in a challenging moment, let's say we're having a conversation with someone and it becomes challenging. We notice that we're uncomfortable and whatever they're saying is making us really uncomfortable and we want to respond. Maybe we want to defend ourselves. Maybe we want to snap back. But can we stand in that moment? Can we let ourselves feel that moment? And just maybe one time, maybe we have time to say it a couple more times, but at least one time, we just simply say internally in that moment before we respond, here now, here now, boom. And just simply by doing that now, we're letting ourselves feel that moment. We're not avoiding an uncomfortable moment. So very simple technique, use it, try it out in meditation, walking, in life, anytime you want to continue to embody that internal balance of being and doing. Thank you for listening to the Light on Being podcast. Like all things in time, this is an evolving living thing as we discover our wholeness and light together. I'm excited that you're along for the journey and I would love to connect with you. 
You can reach out to me on Instagram at lightonbean. Send me a message with any comments or questions, and they may be addressed on an upcoming episode. If you enjoyed today's podcast, the highest compliment that one can give is to share the episode with a friend or leave a review. Make sure to look up at the full moon and see her bright, radiant light. She is fully being.